Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. My name is Layla. And I'm Safiya. And, and we, we are unapologetic. But in today's specific episode, we are a little apologetic. It's been a while since we last spoke to you all, but alhamdulillah, we are back. As you all know, life sometimes gets in the way. And as two busy full-time students, we found it hard to juggle our time alongside doing other things. Our goal has always been to provide you all with content that is beneficial, and we never wanted to rush out content, so we took our time with this, and we hope you all enjoy it. During this time away from recording, we had a chance to speak to some of our listeners in person, and it was very refreshing for us to know that some of you have benefited alongside us and yearned for more content. And a lot of the conversations that we had with listeners was around Iman how to deal with low Iman, and the real struggles that we face nurturing our Iman. And this led to Layla and I thinking about Iman and the role it plays in a Muslim's life, the role faith plays in our lives. We started to reflect on the highs and lows, not just of life, but most importantly, our Iman. Does Iman dip? You know, when you stop for a second and think about, you know, where you came from, right? And maybe you came from a past where you weren't really practicing or you weren't conscious of Allah. Maybe you weren't conscious of the hijab, of the salat. And maybe you weren't conscious of, you know, the obligations or even the sunnahs of your religion. And once you become acquainted with that, in reality, it's just you start to become more aware of Allah, right? Your taqwa increases, your God consciousness increases, right? That feeling, if you ask anyone to describe when they first started, quote unquote, practicing, like you'll see there's a light in their eyes and there's a shine in this person's eyes. And you'll hear about that person talk about their progression from year one to maybe they're on year seven or eight or nine now, right? And you can tell that somewhere along the line, although it's not like there's any love lost for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, somewhere along the line, we lost the spark. We learned from hadith that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Verily, the faith of one of you will wear out within him, just as a shirt becomes worn out. So ask Allah to renew faith in your hearts. And just reflecting on this hadith and the conversation that we even had together, this is true. Like you find it that, you know, one day you were at your peak, you were praying sunnah, you were fasting Mondays and Thursdays, reading X amount of juices a day, and your heart was inclined to it. Your heart was excited to do it. You almost had this feeling of having butterflies because everything was so new to you and then all of a sudden years pass and it's just routine you know you're just praying salad you're just reading quran and maybe there's not that excitement anymore maybe all you focus on is the obligation the fara'id the wajib yes this does happen and in fact it happens to everyone and somehow we believe that it only happens to us Right? Maybe like you see the rest of your friends progressing and they're going to Quran classes every single weekend or they're in the classes or they're in the masajid and maybe you're not. Maybe you're dealing with different issues. And you just assume that you in your house struggling in the darknesses of night, it's only you. But in reality, you go to the masajid and you greet someone with a smile and then you exchange salams. That person is also struggling, right? Every day that a person wakes up, we have to make the choice whether or not we obey Allah, whether or not we draw closer to Allah, right? That's why it's there's no compulsion in religion. You make your own choices every day. Yes, the feeling of having low iman sucks. And it's probably one of the worst feelings as a Muslim that you could endure. 
but it's unavoidable. We were looking at a plant and if you look at a plant, even a plant that can survive in low light and low water, eventually that plant is going to need contact with light and water in order to survive. Otherwise, that plant will die. And that's the same thing that the human heart requires. It requires provision. It requires for the person to provide itself with high iman through different methods. So maybe a person just reads Quran, right? Maybe add something else to it over time. But just a person saying like, oh, my iman is fine. I'm okay. I'm just going to stick to what I know. Sooner or later, you'll find yourself in the boat that the rest of us are all in struggling with their iman. And you know, what's interesting is the fact that everybody's cause for low iman is different and everybody's duration of having low iman is different. So some people, they really feel that dip. And for some people, they're able to dip just a little bit and then, you know, get back to a level that is pleasing to them. And that's because everybody's relationship with Allah is unique. So maybe for a person, their low iman comes in the form of prayer, right? Maybe they were someone that used to pray their, their prayers on time and then they used to add the sunnah and then now they're just leaving off the sunnah. Or another person could have such a low dip that they find that they don't approach salah with the same love that they once did, right? We get notifications on our phone telling us it's time to pray, but we approach salah in a way that's like we're dragging our feet to pray. And it's not that we want to do it, it's because that it's a must. And I think it's interesting that when you also think about comfortability, for example, uh, when you first start practicing, you put your best foot forward. Yes. You want Allah to know the best version of you, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. you do everything with excellence, with ihsan, literally. And then over time, you become comfortable with Allah. So for you, it's normal to be late for salat. Like when you're combining asr and maqrib and isha together, it's just like, yeah, you know, at least I'm praying my salat. You know, a part of our iman dipping is when we are lazy. You know, we don't approach things uh the same way that we once did. And have you ever noticed, like, sometimes one of the causes of actual low iman is that it's almost arrogance causes low iman. Like, yes. you swear you're on top of the world. Mm-hmm. Like, I sometimes, and you know, I'm guilty of this too when I first started practicing. When I first started practicing, if I was to see somebody commit, like, a sin, it would be like, oh my God, how dare they? Where's the consciousness of Allah? Like, how how could this person, you know, neglect, you know, salat to duha? And it's like, <laughs> you're on top of the world, right? Yeah. Because in your mind, everything is still perfect. You That wave of low iman never hit you yet. Yeah. So, you you start judging everyone else you start looking at everyone else making their mistakes less than and it's crazy because life has a way of humbling you and i found that over the years i've been humbled numerous times by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that it got me to a level now where it's like you know when i hear about things or when people come to me with questions or they need advice or you can't tell me anything that i would be like oh, how could somebody do that you know like i understand you could tell me the worst thing that you've done and i understand because sometimes we hit rock bottom as humans but there's this community of people that just believe they're above everything else like they believe because they grew up in a you know uh, ideal environment everything was healthy and the dad went to the massage for all five prayers and you know the moms are practicing took you to quran classes from a young age they're in this little bubble that's never been popped and you know sometimes we even see that in our friend groups let's say you all started practicing together everybody went to the same store and bought the same jilbab with the same length down to the yeah. ground and then you start to realize okay maybe one of your friends is going through it one of your friends starts to not come to the masjid as much or not come to the halaqat or you know her jilbab becomes a hijab, whatever the case is. Sometimes in that friend group, the people that, you know, swear that they have their iman to the skies, 
look at that friend that they swore, you know, was their sister for the sake of Allah. And they look at that person as a stranger, right? And you swore that you two would work hard and be of those people that are shaded on the day of judgment when there's no shade but Allah's shade. And now you can't even approach your friend with mercy. You know, it's scary, but sometimes high iman comes with a sense of arrogance. And I feel like the arrogance that sometimes comes with high iman is when it's not sincere. You feel like, okay, I'm doing everything that I can. I'm doing everything that I should and then some. But who are you doing it for? Right? Are you doing it because you want to be seen in the masjid as this person? Or are you doing it because you want to be seen on social media as this person? Or are you doing it because you want Allah's reward? You want to see the face of Allah. And we have to stop acting like low iman means no iman. Low iman doesn't equate to having no iman in your heart. And it's sad because even in our own community, it's like when you see a sister that took off her hijab, instead of anyone reaching out to her, asking her, are you okay? Do you need anything? Do you need a hand? You know, the first thing we do is like spread the information amongst each other. So-and-so removed her naqab. So-and-so removed her hijab. You know, it's almost as if we're all sitting in the bleachers waiting for each other to fall one by one. Our deen is a deen of collectiveness. It's a deen that we are stronger together, you know? And if you see somebody slipping, instead of you, you know, spreading this information, help the person, genuinely smile for them. The shaitan attacks the person that's by themselves. So somebody's struggling with Iman and we leave them mm-hmm. and we neglect them and we tell them, yeah, goodbye, go out, go out to your old ways and your old friends and your old life. Like yeah. that is heartbreaking and it just speaks about us as worshipers. And as worshipers, you know, we need to be doing a better job at helping ourselves um, and also helping those around us. If you think about it, sometimes when we learn, you know, we go to these classes, we take these these lessons, we have these books in our in our personal libraries. We have all this knowledge, but we don't implement all of it. Right. We're we're fine with just knowing the basics, doing the basics. And that turns us into a numb worshiper. And this means that, you know, we do our ibadat, we do our worship, but we look at it like routine, right? It's monotonous. There's no variety. There's no interest. Our heart isn't involved in it. And subhanAllah, just think about a person that goes to the gym, right? And say if you go to the gym and every single day, you only work out one part of your body. What's going to happen? That one part is going to be strong, but you forgot about every other part of your body, right? Only one part benefited um, and the rest of your body was neglected. You know, someone focuses on only one aspect of worship um, and everything else becomes kind of mundane routine. Uh, That's why it's so important to like switch things up, to learn new du'as, to actually be people who want to add variety to their worship because worship is so multifaceted, right? Worship doesn't only mean salah. Worship doesn't only mean dua. There's so many things that we can do as believers to draw closer to Allah, to actually get reward from Him for that, right? And we have to do our part to to learn what it is. And there's this concept of reintroducing yourself to Allah, right? After you've gone through trials and tribulations, if you've experienced dips in your iman, after you feel like the world has really taken a hold of you, you know, just stopping for a second and asking yourself, who is Allah? What do I know of my Lord? You know, what names and attributes do I know of him? Do I know what to call upon him by when I'm dealing with this tragedy in my life? Do I know, you know, that he is the most merciful? Do I know that he is the one who is appreciative? Do I know these things about my Lord? You know, when we claim to love a person, 
when we claim to love a person, we know everything about that person, the favorite color, uh, the favorite uh, ice cream flavor, whatever the case is. But when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sometimes we don't know enough about him. And what ends up happening is our iman is so low because we stopped getting to know Allah. And because of that, we become more distant from him. Allah says in the Quran, O you who believe, remember Allah with much remembrance. And we also learn in another place of the Quran in which Allah says, then remember me and I will remember you. So if we want that remembrance, right? If we want to feel like, okay, we are connected to our Lord. We know who he is. We have to do our part. We can't neglect Allah, forget about Allah, and then expect for things to go right. When we look at highs and lows, it's not only in the lens of spirituality. Sometimes, you know, we deal with everyday highs and lows. The everyday highs and lows of life is quite interesting because a person could have a high iman, right? You're doing everything once again, like we mentioned, alhamdulillah, you know, you feel like Allah is pleased with you. You're trying your best as a Muslim and you feel spiritually fulfilled, right? But your life could be in shambles. Maybe you just lost your job and then your house, you just lost your apartment. Maybe one of your kids are sick or maybe you're having a health issue. Like high iman doesn't equate to an easy life. And low iman doesn't equate to a hard life. So sometimes somebody has low iman and they're being blessed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In reality, this person is being tested, but on the outside, it looks like to us that, oh, wow, this person is being blessed by Allah, right? So you'll see this person with low iman maybe doesn't praise a lot and they got a new job offer or they got a new vehicle. They, you know, they're having that kid that they always wanted to have. And sometimes this really takes a toll on us as a person because you know, you're praying salat, you're doing all of these acts of obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and things are just not going how you thought that they should go, right? And, you know, you're making dua maybe even every single day like, Ya Allah, you know, Ya Allah, make ease for me. Ya Allah, make a way for me. Ya Allah, make a path for me. And maybe those du'as are not being answered in a manner that you want it to be answered. Maybe every time you make dua, the hardships increase and you know, it's very hard to find that balance of understanding, even if you do have high iman. Sometimes this test happens. Eventually the person, you know, subhanAllah, even those with the prophets asked, Mata Nasrullah, you know, like when when is the help of Allah? And as a Muslim, it's up to us to remember that the help of Allah is near. The help of Allah is so close, but sometimes it's these trials that break us in the process. You can't escape the highs and lows of life. Not every single day or year will be in your favor. And it's up to a person that during these times that you don't let it affect your iman. Because although, yes, it's easy to say, you know what, life is not going the way it should be going. Let me give in and just throw in the towel and stop trying and sacrificing so much for my religion. It's so easy to do that. It's easy to quit, but it's hard to keep going on when you don't see an end in sight. But as a Muslim, you have to remember that there is an end in sight. Yes, Leila, you know, we know that we're on this, you know, on this dunya for a certain amount of time. And we know that there's something greater waiting for us, but it's it's easier said than done to have that mentality, right? To be honest, sometimes you're really, really going through it and you feel like you have this urge to do nothing. You wake up every single day and you just, you're in this slump. You have low iman, you know, you don't want to get out of bed for salah. You don't want to go to the masjid for a class. You just do not feel good about yourself. And sometimes somebody's low iman can literally be just for a weekend. They didn't go to Duxie. 
you know, they don't feel good about themselves. Some people are dealing with this maybe for a year, maybe more than a year. What are we to say then, right? How can a person, you know, fight that desire to not do anything? And I think that comes with acknowledging the problem. You know, you can't sit down and realize that you don't feel good about yourself. You're unhappy. You know, your iman isn't at the place that you expect it to be, that you want it to be. And just go day by day by day, not doing anything about it. You have to really sit down, acknowledge what it is, and maybe reflect on your sins, right? Think about your priorities. What have you done to put yourself in this predicament? And it's not to say that you have to think about yourself and feel bad about yourself and look at yourself as a horrible person, but you know, you have to take the active steps to get yourself out of this. How do we undo the knots that we that we tied? that literally have us, you know, feeling lost, feeling hopeless, feeling like there's no way out of it. And another thing I was thinking about is, have you ever just been like, you know what, I need an Iman awareness day. Like I need to stop and detach just for a little bit and just figure out what's wrong with me, right? Because it's like, you keep letting the problem build upon layers and layers and layers until it becomes a home and now you're trapped in this home. You know, I, I do that sometimes, actually. I literally call into work. If it's a Friday and I know there's a lecture, I'm not going to come, right? I'm going to find a reason to not come to work because, subhanAllah, you know, there's people that are not in the masjid every single day, right? There's people that, alhamdulillah, you know, their work is in the masjid or their volunteering is in the masjid or they don't have responsibilities that others have. But imagine now you're in school. You have to work to pay for your tuition for school. You know, you have home responsibilities. Reality is you're not able to be in the masjid for every single class despite you wanting to do that. And sometimes I would feel like, you know, am I a bad person? You know, I'm making sure that I go to work. I'm making sure that I go to school because, of course, that's important. But I'm not able to sit in every class. And we feel bad about that sometimes. But no, like, it's life. Like, you can't have your cake and eat it too all the time. You know, I'm sure everybody would want to be in the masjid 24-7, you know, with a mushaf in their hand, hearing the adhan, being able to pray in congregation every single prayer. But that's not reality. So what do we do when you go to school? Maybe you're a mom, you know, you have a job. Are you a bad Muslim? There's this beautiful ayat that Allah tells us in the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Men who remember Allah standing, sitting, and lying down on their sides and contemplate the wonders of creation. You know, when I think about that ayat, it just brings so much joy to your heart because, wallahi, at the end of the day, iman is not tied into the amount of hours that you clock in at the masajid. It's not tied into how many books that you study or, you know, even overcoming this obstacle of not wanting to do anything. It's sometimes it's not even a particular thing that you have to do. Sometimes you just have to sit down, you know, in the quietness, you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and glorify him. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, la ilaha illallah. And, you know, you just make these dhikr and you remember Allah and you just have shukr and gratitude in your heart. And that's what helps you, you know. And you think about the creation of the heavens and the earth and how all of this is flawless, created by one who has no flaws. And that alone is sufficient to help you with your iman and sometimes i don't know if you ever realized me but it's like even sometimes if you ask somebody like hey you know i'm struggling with iman what should i do it's almost as if these people are writing you a prescription read this surah x amount of times and you know start reading five just of quran a day and pray all of your sunnah and fast mondays and thursdays but 
hey, 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 to the average Joe that's been struggling for a year and a half, you can't tell this person to do 700 different things. They're barely holding on to the fara'id. The fara'id's about to slip. And now you're overwhelming this person by letting them know that, you know, maybe you doing this much is showing devotion to your religion. And because of that, Allah will grant you high iman. When in reality, it's like Allah is Rabbul Alameen. He's the Rabb of every creation, you know, mankind and jinn. He wants you to have high iman. But now the thing is, is that we don't have to make iman something in our mind that's like so far-fetched. It's like unattainable. Exactly. It's like, you know, iman, Allah judges everyone differently based on their iman. And you know, the ayah that you mentioned, it's such a beautiful ayah because Allah says, you know, the people who remember him standing, sitting, lying on their sides, like you remember Allah in every situation, in every circumstance. Sometimes you're in bed and you have the covers over you, but you're doing your istighfar. You're asking Allah for forgiveness. Sometimes you literally haven't eaten for, for hours, but you know you have the, Allah's remembrance on your tongue. So who's to say that because you're not actively getting up and praying all these sunnahs and all these things that you're, you know, you're, you're less than. You're not. And Allah knows that we all have varying degrees of effort and also of energy, right? So sometimes we can remember Allah you know, in the best of ways. And sometimes we can only remember Allah in, in darknesses. The most important thing is constantly remembering Allah. And as you said, reflecting on the world around us, the heavens and the earth, and who created all of this and who did it so perfectly and so beautifully. And sometimes, you know, when we're in a low place of Iman, instead of turning to Allah, we turn ourselves in another direction, one that's very familiar to us. Maybe it's you know, friends or lifestyles or things that we left for the sake of Allah um, because we know that it wasn't good to us, right? But what ends up happening is that's our safety blanket. This safety blanket is something that we're used to, we're comfortable with. We know that if we slip up and people in the masjid don't want to be around us, you know, our old friends will embrace us with open arms, you know, uh, certain lifestyle habits that we have. It's, they call us, right? And I feel like they call us when we are weak, when we are not strong enough. And I think that's one of the tactics of the shaitan to get the person to go back to that old lifestyle that they left. You know, it's he wants you to be with those friends who will not remind you of Allah, who will tell you, you know, it's okay, you know, to do X, Y, and Z once in a while, who will make you feel numb to everything, right? He doesn't want you to, you know, maybe even if your friends cut you off or they act different now that you're struggling, you know, the shaitan doesn't want you to even go to the mosque by yourself. He doesn't want you to do anything by yourself. So he convinces you that if you don't have this, you know, supportive team around you, then, you know, it's not worth even trying. And that's something we've always talked about on this podcast is being a strong Muslim individually and then contributing to society because you can't pour from an empty cup, right? I have to be fulfilled. I have to know that, you know, if I'm alone in my room that I fear Allah the same way that if I was in a room of 50 people remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I have to know that Yes, you know, I go to the halaqahs and I go to the classes and I remember Allah and it increases my iman. But guess what? My iman also increases with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, you know? And I think, you know, for a lot of people, like the old lifestyle that they had, it seems more enticing, you know, to do things that are maybe displeasing to Allah, but you're doing it with a group of friends that are calling you, checking in on you, saying, okay, I'm going to pick you up in about 10 minutes, as opposed to you struggling on your deen alone. And it's a very hard thing sometimes because you getting yourself out of that situation you had to cut off so many things and 
you're tested for sincerity and whether you know this is the lifestyle that you want and are you committed to it and then we go back to what will accept us for who we are right as muslims we should focus on progress strangely enough though when i think about the time that i had the highest iman is the time that i was tested the most i was so close to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because i felt like no one could help me but allah like all my old friends i had left them my old life i had left them and it's like who do i have to turn to but i had allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to turn to and a lot of times it's like sometimes you think your highest iman is at the best part of your life your highest iman is like when you finally got married and you have your kids and you're just at home and you know but that's not the case sometimes like the beauty in iman lies with the trials and tribulations so instead of looking at that so negatively like every time that you're tested it's an eye roll or it's a subhanallah you know sometimes it's like change your outlook on it sometimes this is what's meant to take you to the next level you know that makes me just think about the fact that it's not always a good moment in life that brings you closest to Allah and that really nurtures your iman and that the time that my iman was at its peak was when i was in a place of so much confusion so much confusion subhanallah but i made the quran my best friend i joined the class not knowing what to expect you know really being vulnerable in that situation and because of that i was able to let go of everything and everyone in that moment to better myself and to take care of myself and it's not to say that you know when you're working on yourself you should close yourself out to the to the world around you but sometimes it's necessary sometimes you have to go on unavailable to work on yourself to better yourself so that you can better others because how can i benefit people when i'm not even benefiting myself life sometimes shows us that you need to experience confusion to understand clarity and sometimes life teaches us what we need to know and not what we want to the goal in life is not to die with a level of iman that you're unhappy with it's not to die with a level of iman that allah is unhappy with you've tried your best in order to please allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam told us that indeed among the believers with the most complete faith is the one who is the best in conduct and the most kind to his family sometimes you have to stop and ask yourself that am i a good person do i bring goodness with me everywhere i go does my family know me to be good or does my family even know me to be a tyrant and we learn in another hadith that abu huraira radiyallahu anhu said the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was asked which deed is the best and he sallallahu alaihi wasallam said belief in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam and thinking about this hadith is like the greatest action a person can have is iman and as safiya said earlier it's not about having no iman that level of iman that you have whatever it is is enough to save you from hellfire be isn't enough with the permission of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so don't constantly belittle your iman rather your iman is a work in progress for the rest of your life and every day that a person spends alive is a day that a person spends in pursuit of higher iman it's never a time where you reach and you're like yeah that's it i got my level of iman i'm charged up i don't need anything more it's every single day what can i do to get closer to allah and our aim should never be perfection we should never think that you know we need to have 
this perfect 100% complete level of Iman because we're never going to reach that. But the goal is to make progress. The goal is to try to live a life in which we are conscious of bettering our Iman to a level that is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We really wanted this to be an episode that we all relate to and think about our own lives, right? You know, a few a few weeks ago, someone was telling me that their iman was so low. And this person is like, you know, this person is a teacher and does this and does that. And sometimes we see a person that outwardly looks so perfect and we assume that their inside isn't dealing with the same trials, you know, that a regular person is, right? We have to stop comparing our struggles, you know, with the person beside us. We have to also be able to really realize what it is that's causing us to feel this way and do something about it kind of getting out of that victim mentality if we feel like there's something pricking our heart or if we feel like there's this notification you know that our iman is you know is really at its low we're not going to press remind me tomorrow remind me tomorrow that's not what's going to happen right the same way when we see our phone about to die what do we do we run for the charger so what is that source that we're running to when we feel like our heart is on e do we rush to the quran do we rush to the sunnah and if we don't why is that and that's the message that we want to leave everyone with that don't neglect doing your obligations because you have low iman it's not an excuse it's not i have low iman i'm gonna take off my hijab i have low iman i'm gonna stop praying salat you have to continue to do the obligations Low Iman should affect our Sunnah, our extra. It should never affect our wajibs. And once you realize that it is affecting what you owe to Allah every single day, it's up to you right then and there to make a change. Don't look at your struggles with Iman as, you know, not having brought you anything. You know, look at it as I'm struggling with my Iman and I'm trying to put my best foot forward every single day in return and in hopes that Allah will forgive me for my sins and will bestow me with this great reward. And why is it that when we know we have low iman, we don't want to do things right away? If you feel like you're you're in a place and you feel confused or you don't feel like the person you once were, do something about it today. Pray extra prayers. You know, wake up in the middle of the night when you know that it's qiyam because your phone tells you that it's qiyam and make dua to Allah. Make amends with a person that you haven't spoken to in a while. Do something today for the sake of Allah with the hope of it bringing you closer to Him. Right? If we feel like we're at a low, we're not living life to stay stagnant. We have to do something. We have to become uncomfortable to get ourselves out of the holes that we fell into. Yes, Iman lives in the heart. Yes, Iman is something that, you know, only Allah knows our true level of. But Iman is also a verb. It demands action. It's not enough to say, I believe in Allah and I believe in his messenger. And then you don't do anything proving that belief. A fear that so many of us have is being guided and then our hearts deviating. Like imagine you living 50, 60 years, you know, you worked on your Iman, you struggled for the sake of Allah. You went through so much and then you die in a state of low Iman or you die in a state that you know wasn't pleasing to you. We want to end off with a dua that we learned from in the Quran said by those of understanding, those with true intellect. Our Lord, let not our hearts deviate after you have guided us and grant us from yourself mercy. Indeed, you are the bestower. رَبَّنَا لَا تُزِقْ قُلُوبَنَا بَعْدَ إِذْ هَدَيْتَنَا 
ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow our last deeds to be our best deeds. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.